You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Grand Design Podcast with DJ and Jerry Grand, where we link the chains of reason of sports, politics, and culture. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Grand Designs Podcast. I'm DJ Grand, and I'm here as usual with my brother Jerry. Hello. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a couple issues. The first topic we're t- talking about is the Tampa Bay Rays and their possible splitting home with a uh, Canadian city. Well, this has got the making of the owner who doesn't want – he can't get fans to come down and come to the games. It's empty down there every single game. So he's – he tried to get a new stadium. The uh, government council, city council turned him down. So now he really has no other – he can't threaten to move. So I think this is his way of trying out a different city. And he's got still got to get a stadium built. But if he gets attendance in Montreal, this is just a prelude to a move. It could be. It also is that he really can't move right away. That at least it doesn't run up until 2027. I don't know if there's a buyout for the lease. Those leases are made to be broken, uh, especially with what the uh, Florida Marlins did because that owner pretty much uh, had an all-star lineup, got the new stadium, and then the very next year, once it was passed into law, they had the vote, he gutted that team. And Florida has not forgot about that. Even though it's in Miami, they're holding Tampa Bay hostage. The fans in Tampa Bay remember that, and again, they're not going to the games now. They can't sell out. They can't even get 11000 down there. So even building a new stadium, I think he's, he he realizes he has to move the franchise. They're worth $200 million. So he's losing money when he's not having fans come to the game. Well, just to give a little bit of overview, this is from USA Today. Major League Baseball has given the Tampa Bay Rays permission to explore the possibility of becoming a two-city team. Commissioner Rob Manfred said Thursday at, own, at the owners' meeting in New York. Though the plan would face several significant hurdles, the Rays would split home games between Tampa and Montreal, which is which is approximately 1,500 miles north of Tampa. Under consideration is for the Rays to play early in the season in Tampa and later in Montreal. I also heard that they were going to do it based on seasons. When it's when it's warmer, they'll play in Tampa, and when it's colder, they'll play in Montreal. It's cold in the beginning of the season, and if they make the playoffs, it's cold at the end. So they, they play games in October, November, if they go that far. So they're not going to get away from the coldness. Well, the, the, they could if they play in the south, if they, they play deep in the season. Correct. But, again, the beyond the, I don't think they're going to – well, I have to wait and see how they break it up. I'm thinking – probably thinking too concrete here that they're just going to uh, – 41 games, home games in Tampa Bay, 41 games in Montreal. That they're not saying when and where these games we play. They could sp- split that up. I feel sorry for the players because they really don't have a home. But, yeah, I guess they could do that to where in the beginning they're down in Tampa and at the end they're in Tampa. Although I don't know how they would uh, hand that trophy out if they were to win it. That would be a little difficult. Well, feeling sorry for the players, I don't so much, but I do feel sorry for their families. I mean, they're going to lose to have their family for half the season. Correct, but I don't know how many, but they are being paid a major league salary. I'm not sure what the – Minimum salary is, but I think it's a quarter of a million dollars. That's still a lot of money. Well, part of the problem is the the actual park itself. It's uh, I heard it's bad. 
The park is in a bad location on the wrong side of a long causeway and has catwalks, speakers, and other obstacles that make it unwieldy for, for watching or playing baseball. It was described as walking in, seeing the ocean, seeing the beach, and then walking into a Costco to watch a baseball game. That's how it's described. Well, be, be, being that bad, being that blah. I, I guess there's no entertainment. I don't want to say uh, uh, like uh, concessions or whatever. They have booths that are not adequate for what I guess Little Caesars um, has right now. But I, I hear it's just old and it's not a very nice stadium. Well, there is some draw because even though they're they're virtually empty now, uh the Rays previously switched a three-game series against the Texas Rangers to Champion Stadium at Walt Disney World, where there was only 11,000 seats, so they could sell that one out easily. But they did sell it out. That means 11,000 people at least came to see them. Yes, so but when you, put them in a, when you put them in a $35,000 seat, because this guy's got to sell out thirty thirty-five thousand to make his money. Uh well, seating capacity—they changed it now. It dropped from forty-five thousand to twenty-five thousand. Right now, in in the in the trap, they call it. You can only get twenty-five thousand in there. So that's all the, the most. That's max. Capacity. Watch the games. That that, that stadium is more than half empty every single game. So I am curious to see what they draw in Montreal. That would be very uh, interesting. Uh, do you think they're going to actually do this? You think it's um, right now? It, they, there's too many. There's a few hurdles I have to overcome, as, it's, as I read. But do you think it's going to actually happen? This is the owner trying to. Uh, I don't know. He's trying to. I don't know if he's being slick or what he's doing or asking Major League Baseball for help. But this is definitely a prelude to a move. Unlike the NFL, where they just pick up and go. I think this guy's trying to test the market. Will Montreal uh, have a draw? If they have a draw, will they uh, build a new stadium for him? What kind of deals can he work out? If he gets those things from Montreal. I think he's up and gone. So it could be a race because both cities now need a stadium in order to, to accommodate him. And whoever gets the stadium built first could be the winner. Yeah, but even if Tampa Bay builds a new stadium, he's having a hard time bringing the people there. Well, not if there's – like I said, he he brought a few in at Walt 11, Disney World. Well, that's all they could fit in there. Okay. okay? So it's possible that if with the proper stadium – no. Something that's more than just baseball. They bring him in. They, I'm just could. going to disagree because I don't think there's a draw for the baseball down there. Uh, Miami's getting killed, and they had a, again. They had a good team, and then the next year they got gutted after they approved a stadium. The government for Tampa Bay is saying there is no stadium. But then I have to ask: if you got a stadium, why would you stay there? The people aren't coming. Even with the new stadium, they will not get over twelve thousand. He's got to hit what twenty twenty five to make his money. Well, it's working against them. Also, is the fact that. They get so much spring training baseball in Florida. A lot of teams go down there and then they leave, and so they get their they get their uh, their thirst quenched of baseball, and, and then uh, then you got people moving back up north, so they're not there anymore to to watch the games. So. Arizona, well, they have the Cactus League, and I don't know how Arizona's doing, and the Diamondbacks if they're doing pretty good or not with attendance. But this all boils down to attendance and numbers, and him making his money. The franchise is worth two hundred million. To keep that worth up, he's got to bring people to the park. So, again, I just question. I don't think he can bring in the 20000 on a regular basis. Look, they've had a championship team, and they still haven't draw. Even in the playoffs, the, the stadium's empty. I just don't think they have the draw, and he's no, he realizes that. He got a note from the government, so now it's what other city can I move to? Why he picked Montreal, that I don't understand. I think because they're thirsty for a team. They've been out since 2004 without the Expos. So I think they're thirsty for a team. And and that, that could thirst could make them fill up a stadium and give him the profits he's looking for. Yeah, that's all he wants. It's basically to fill a stadium up. And if he can take that team anywhere, 
and fill it up, he'll make money. And that's the whole goal. He has that team, too. He's a businessman. End of the day, he's a businessman. He's got to make money. Well, there's also higher Canadian taxes, too. But if he makes enough of it, that might offset it. But No, I agree. But again, it's going to boil down to the numbers. And again, I really think he's just setting it up to where he's testing the waters. And once he gets his results or his data, he'll make his move. And if, if Montreal doesn't work out, he will try a different city with uh, the commissioner or, or Major League Baseball. In other words, find me a place where I can move and be for, or, or profitable. He's not, I don't think he'll sell the team. That's the last his effort. But again, he's a businessman. He doesn't need to sell a team. He can find another place. Yeah, but if, if, if you can't find that place and the team's not drawn and they're losing money, you, you got to cut your losses at some point. If Montreal wasn't at least interested or at least a viable place, he, they wouldn't even be throwing it out. He wouldn't even think about going. They, they have a chance to get another city by Montreal. I think they did their homework, which is why they picked Montreal. So I think I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. But if they if they fill up more than 25000 you will see Tampa Bay moving. Okay, and then the other question is, do they stay at the Rays, which would be a no, stupid name in Montreal? They go back to the Expos. They'll go back to the Expos. It's like the Browns. You know, the Cleveland kept that name. They wouldn't Washington let it. Nationals, which Expos used to be, kept the Nationals. They used to be the old-time team. So, so I, but I'm guessing, but I would assume they keep the Expos. Maybe they'll rename it. There's a bunch of ways they could go, but I think they'll keep the, bring the Expos back because they do miss it. All right, well, to segue into our second topic, uh, we're going to be talking about the fitness industry. More so about the ethics involved in the fitness of these clubs that we go to. And most people, obviously, it's, it's to lose weight. And around January 1st, they make their uh, New Year's goals and they want to lose weight from the holidays and the eating. Uh, so they go to the gym to uh, basically, there's two reasons. Most of the time, it's a dating scene. They're not there working out. If you go there between 3 o'clock, I don't care what club this is, from Bally's to Lifetime to all the new ones that are out there now, even Powerhouse, it becomes to where they're just, they're just flirting and talking. Either e- either way, it becomes a dating. If you're there seriously, you got to get there early in the morning or late at night to where you can get at these stations and do the workout. Now, if you hire a personal trainer, and I've seen many people hire a personal trainer, and it took me a while to figure out. And first, let me go back. I've been going to Bally's, Victani's, Lifetime. I've had memberships. I've been working out for a long time. Never got the result that I was looking for. And many times got frustrated and, and gave up. But the personal trainer, I noticed when I was working out, if would they tell you everything to get you that beach body, they, like they claim, come in during January, February, March, and by the beach season, you'll have the beach body, which is clearly not true. Well, they're only going to tell you enough to make the sale and to get you to come back. See, that's my point. If they told you everything for the beach body, you wouldn't come back. They would not make money. I even question... It took me a while to figure it out, but after I worked out a lifetime, I'd walk out and they have a nice little shop. They'd have protein shakes, and these protein shakes were almost to where I learned you can never outwork your diet, and that's what was happening. You'd work out, get a good workout in. They go out, and as you exit, they'll give you a protein shake, and you put that all back in. It's no different than working out and then going eating fast food afterwards. Well, protein isn't the problem, is it? Isn't it the carbohydrates? It's the car- yeah, it's the carbohydrates that are in the protein, the sugar, the uh, that, that, that what they add to make that a protein drink flavor. And they have all different kinds of stuff in there. They even when I left there, and it was a while ago, they even had cake. And I don't know if this was a weight loss cake, but it, still to work out and then go have any kind of that kind of complex carbohydrate. It's a good thing, but not every single day or right after a workout. Right after a workout is basically a uh, a muscle, a, a protein drink. 
where it's focused on proteins and low carbs, high proteins. But that gets us into the personal trainings and are, well, who are they there for? Are they helping their clients? Now, sure, they want to come across as being helpful, but they're really out to make money for their company. And they're only going to tell you what you need to get you to the next day. And it's kind of hard to keep you motivated because it's hard to stay motivated and disciplined. And I'll define discipline as doing the right thing when no one's looking because you got to keep doing it. And that includes your diet. And I said it before, you can't outwork your diet. Some people think, and I've seen people do this, the, the office works, uh, office meetings, they'll bring a dozen donuts in, bagels, what have you, and they'll grab the bagel and say, oh, I'll just do, I'll walk a couple miles tonight. Well, first off, that couple miles is not going to do anything for that donut you just ate. And number two, you're not walking the couple miles extra. You're just saying that to psychologically calm you down that it's okay to have that donut then. When really, you shouldn't have it, period. You should just walk away because you cannot outwork your diet. Now, there is a regimen to where a cheat day. You've heard of cheat days, correct? Absolutely. Okay. That's when, and this doesn't give you permission to gorge on Fruit Loops, but you basically shock your body. If you YouTube Dwayne Jobson, The Rock, you will watch him on his cheat day. I may get the numbers off here, but I believe it's 42 pancakes, 24 extra large pieces for lunch, and his dinner is also ungodly. That's his cheat day. And I'm not sure that's once a month. I do my cheat day every two weeks. My God, 24 pizzas? Yes, extra large. Oh watch him uh, on YouTube, and he eats every single bit of it. But the point is, it's, and he even explains, it's to shock your body. But you can tell your body, basically, to keep it on its toes, so it just gets rid of it right away. So, with that, is diet important? Absolutely. It's, it's 90 it. it's, it's 90% of the gig. Because if you watch now, and it took years of different workouts and then watching TV, the Nutrisystem diet. You've seen those commercials, correct? And those, and I think even some medical weight loss clinics, they advertise, you don't have to work out. It's your meal. And what do they do differently from the meals? These are cheeseburgers, fries, and brownies, and apple pies, all that stuff that you really can't have. So how do they do it? Well, medical weight loss, I know they give you uh, drugs, so it's not just like uh, – It's almost like speed pills with up your metabolism, okay? But at the end of the day, the diet that they recommend, I even think of the medical weight loss, is a lower-carb diet. The trick I find, you, you got to get rid of the carbs. You got to get the carbs out. Now – I've talked to doctors that I have access to, not my own physician, but I work in the healthcare industry, and there's a couple of doctors too, and a dietitian that I've given my diet to. And my diet basically is I will not, I'll do my best not to go over 20 carbs. And there are days, yes, with 25 and sometimes 30, stressed out, you want to eat a donut, what have you, but that's only once every two weeks. Mainly I'll do it on uh, every other Saturday, and I'll really carb out. And again, it keeps my body, it keeps it basically on top. It shocks the body to where it doesn't get lazy, doesn't get in a routine. With that being said, you have to basically – the doctor told me you can do a low carb and 20 carbs. Is People freak out that you got – and I've had people and nurses tell me, oh, you're going to kill yourself. you got to have more carbs than that. The doctor said, no, if you lower your carbs, you got to have the fats. So have hamburger, have the chicken, have turkey. Don't inject it and don't put any mayonnaise, don't put any toppings on it. There's where your carbs come in. Now, it, it took – I was – challenge to go basically it was nine zero carbs and zero sugar for nine days that's impossible i went shopping looking you, you're going to find carbs uh but if you go into you you give your own diet you got to know your body you have to know your system to where i say 20 carbs a day if i don't go over 20 carbs and the main killer of that is bread you have to eliminate bread now a lot of people when i speak to them that, that's a deal breaker now i should probably start off too First of all, you go to the gym, 
You go because it's you want to do it. You got to be happy with yourself. Your self-esteem should not be around your waistline. You want to go to the gym because you want to improve yourself, not because somebody else tells you to. You have to want to do this. If you don't want to do this, you will not do it. If you don't want to give up bread, you will not. You will give up bread when you decide to. When you, that's like quitting smoking cigarettes. You'll quit it's the same when you thing. decide to. Exactly. You can't go cold turkey. Uh, when you do go cold turkey, it's because you just decided that you're done. It's like any uh, raising your kids and you tell them, don't go there. Don't go to that ravine. People drown there. And they still go. When they, They'll stop going when they finally realize and decide it's not a good idea. I digress. So you have to find out what workout now is best for you. Know your body. And I've tried all, all different kinds from uh, free weights to uh, bands to resistance. And the free weight was heavy weights, heavier weights to build your muscles, which is three sets, 10, 10 reps, maybe the last set being 12. Or you could reverse that and the last set being eight lesser, increasing the weights as you go to each rep. And in each rep, you take a little bit of a break, which turns into who knows how long. And then if you know someone at the gym, you talk, you just even get longer. And I just never got the result until I went to what's called uh, zone progressive training. Now, that basically, Owen McGibbon, he designed it, and he basically, I loved what he said off the bat. The long recumbent bike, the treadmill, it's garbage. You don't need it. And that's true. Now, if you're not going to lift weights, then, yeah, you do need the treadmill. That's only going to be your only activity. There's where I go back to. You have to find out the fitness program for you. But I stopped going to Lifetime. I was about 10 years ago. And I was looking for a home gym from Chuck Norris's Nordic track to all the bands. I did find one that finally, again, zone progressive training. It's called the rack. I'm not going to describe it to you because it's a little bit difficult to describe, but it's a very nice workout station that I used at home. And I found out within the matter of six weeks, I noticed a definite difference in my physique when it came to uh, more or less of the fat just went away. The toughest part was the belly. And that's going to be always tough for everybody, especially on a professional athlete. But that's where it came into the carbs because the car, to cutting the carbs out is really – and being hydrated. I, I did find out and I read this book that basically said when you eat, your body will do one of two things. It will either burn as energy or it will store it as fat. That's the only choices. It will do one of those. If you are hydrated, it will burn as energy. If you are dehydrated, your brain will tell your body to store that as fat. Because you are dehydrated. So the most important thing is to be hydrated and drink water. Yes, it's recommended 10 cups a day, but there you go again. You really got to get to know your body. And with with any diet, you really should talk to your physician because of what you may be planning. And even if your doctor says don't do it, I would get a second opinion. Just because he's your doctor, I know you respect him. But here, another opinion out there because there are other diets. Like what I'm talking about is pretty much like the Cato but I'm just basically trying to eliminate all the carbs. And for example, I did not know, and I love ketchup, but ketchup has 11 carbs. Mustard has zero carbs. So I've just cut out mustard altogether. No, you've cut out ketchup, you mean. Yes, I'm sorry, ketchup altogether. I'm just putting mustard. Now the hamburger. I also found out, and this really got me, my thinking was uh, there's a website, Flab to Abs, and they're the brothers. They guarantee that you can go from Flab to Abs, and their claim is washboard abs in 30 days. Couldn't figure out, and this was not really, I think they do an exercise program, but it was more or less the diet. You can eat cheeseburgers. You can eat French fries. Like the Nutrisystem, they've sucked the carbs out. 
but I still don't know about the bread because the bread is the, that is the number one thing with the uh, carbs. So you eat the bread, you're just loading up on carbs. If you cut the bread out, you've cut your carbs almost down. I would say two thirds of your carbs are in bread, hamburger buns, hot dog buns, sesame seed. Um, the only bread that I've heard that you can, uh, is good for you is whole grain. But at the end of the day, I go back to, you gotta be hydrated. And when you eat any kind of sponge bread, it absorbs the water. So if you, you drink your 10 cups a day and then you have bread along with that, you do not drink 10 cups because that bread absorbs that water and your body is still dehydrated. So at the end of the day, the first thing you must do is be hydrated. Find a program. Now, listen, first, if you like to go to the club and you're a social person and that's for you, great. Go ahead. Find that club. I'm not necessarily recommending the personal trainer because you can do it on your own with motivation. Again, I don't think those personal trainers are going to tell you, unless you have one on your own that's a personal one that comes to your house, he may be a little bit different. He may actually ride you like a uh, military drill sergeant because you need that push to actually keep exercising. And then the hard part is when you go home, after your workout, do you adhere to that diet? Because, again, you can't outwork your diet. Do you eat those king dongs at night? You know how many people have come back to me after I've shared my diet with them, and they come back, your diet doesn't work. And right off the bat, I'll tell them, this is after a couple of weeks. It's not my diet, first of all, but you had King Dongs, you had Twinkies, you had cereal, you had something. That, that's why it is. And if not, you need to go to the doctor. You may have a thyroid problem. There could be a medical issue, which is why I say go to your doctor. You know, weight loss isn't just lifting weights and running. If you work out and you don't lift weights, I mean, you don't lose weight, you need to go to the doctor. There may, there may be something wrong. That'd be the first sign. But if you want to do this and you're serious and you can be disciplined, doing the right thing when no one's looking for your own self, I don't say self-esteem, but your own achievement, when you look in the mirror, have that diet with the carbs and you need to look basically at your body weight and your body fat. There's scales out there that'll give you the body fat, your body mass index along with your uh, your weight. Um, they're electronic, but don't, don't weigh yourself every day, once a week. Weighing yourself every day, you get kind of over, uh, what is it, over compulsive or over obsessive to where you just don't want to do that. It'll, it'll get you demotivated. Even once a month weighing yourself wouldn't hurt. But the point being is you need to pick out your workout, and I highly recommend the rack. And if you follow his workout, and it, the one that I like is called the Fat Shredder, and it does shred fat if you adhere to the diet. But I've never had a workout where you go 32 minutes straight, and I mean straight. You get a couple of breaks where you're just doing these, uh, he calls them uh, montages, where you're just lifting your legs up, and you're just trying to catch your wind, but then you're right off to another exercise, and it's zone progression training. It's probably to bring your heart rate down. Okay, but as you bring it down, you're off to another, and he does shoulders, buys, backs. There's one exercise where he'll tell you you're you're almost using every muscle in your body. And the next one is a three-component, and he'll basically say you are now using every muscle, literally every muscle in your body. So with doing that, 32 minutes, I have never felt so exhausted and got the best result when I was done. Now, after that, it's a protein shake within 20 minutes. You got to replenish that, but you can't go to Burger King. You can't, and I've done that. I found out the hard way. That's how I learned. You can't outwork your diet. You brought up the ethics of fitness. Well, what about the gyms, especially the one that says no judgment? When that's bull crap because they do judge. Well, yes, I my personal friend of mine has been lunked, and that's the lunk alarm because you drop the weights. And he's a, a, a bodybuilder. He actually, he was real, real physique. Another one of my friends went in there just to show his close friend 
a workout regimen, and they basically lunked him because they don't want you to show anybody. They want their personal trainers. And the problem is they are not a judgment-free zone. They ju- Anyone that's in shape, women, men, and you are anything tight, they are judging you, and you are making the other clients feel uncomfortable because for some reason they think if you go in there and you're in good shape, and you wear tight the yoga pants and you know the, the tight shirt that you're making the other people judge themselves, so you can't be there. See, those gems they need an epistemological house cleaning. They even judged people who they want to be there. They're judging everyone. In order to say you fit, you're you're one of us. You're judging them. No, that's my whole point. It's not a judgment free zone. They are they are the one organization that I will not even. And they're very affordable, $10, but because of that judgment-free zone, when they will judge you, if, again, anyone in good shape, go in there with a tank top, uh, a, a sleeveless shirt for, for the males, and the ladies, I mean, I remember their commercials. They had the commercial in, in, with the laser in the, uh, the a locker room getting changed, and they were all beautiful, but they had yoga pants on and the, those uh, 80 workout tops, and they basically, and of course, the other, the client for Planet Fitness, who was a little overweight, was in the shower room feeling bad about themselves because she didn't look like that. I mean, that was a commercial. They were basically telling the people who are, are in shape, this is not for you. This is for the people, and this is how I look at it, who are not in shape, never want to get in shape, but want to keep coming here just to feel good about themselves so they don't have to, I don't know, they, they don't want to be judged when they walk outside, but that's pretty what it boils down to, that you can't judge me because I'm, I'm working out, I'm doing the best I can. I also see a problem with their business model because eventually if you stick to a program and go there, you are going to become into that category where you are going to be judged and, and ruled and no longer fit to work out there. So they're losing customers. They're, they're, they're hoping that they don't continue their workout, that they do cheat. So they're always going to come back. They're always going to be there. Yeah. That's that the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to, to where my, my idea of a fitness club is the exact opposite of what they're doing. They want, yes, they want you. They're not going to yell at you because they want you to come back. They know if you eat that King Dong, that's one more week of uh, working out that you need because you didn't lose that weight. To where I would do it a little bit different. That if I had a health club, you're either a victim or you're a victor. Let me define that real quick. A victim is, it's not my fault. Woe is me. I you I want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger because he makes me feel bad about myself because he looks so good. The victor is Arnold Schwarzenegger, the person that goes out there, works hard, has discipline, eats a, a proper diet. Now, again, because they want to, and if you want to live a life of eating potato chips on the couch, that's fine. I'm talking the ones who are in Planet Fitness and don't want to be judged. They're a victim. If you worked out with me for 90 days and you did not have any results, you're out. You don't come back. We don't want you here. It's almost like in karate. When we took karate and we went up and we seen those large guys, and you could walk in and say, that guy's good, that guy's good. Wow, he's really good. That's Bruce Lee. That guy sucks just because he was in shape. I mean, he was out of shape. You know, the belt that he was, had little tiny things at the end because he couldn't tie because his belly was so big. That guy was a victim. That was a self-esteem award. So victors, there are victims at Planet Fitness. Now, the other ones I can't I can't claim to. See, I think it's an indictment of our our current society because we live in a victim psychology society to where don't offend me. Don't say anything that's going to make me question myself. I mean, that's our society now. That's the exact problem to where I don't really think it's a big deal, but 
I'll when it's hot outside at work moving furniture. I always wear an undershirt. It's sleeveless to keep cool. And I don't know how many times. Yeah, I get compliments, but I've been told to put my shirt back on. Has my mama raised me any better than that to have respect for myself? And I'm just showing my shoulders and biceps. It's not even to show them. It's because it's hot outside. I've heard it from both ways. So I I get that person who's offended because I don't have the I can't do that. I don't look like that because I don't put your shirt back on. I don't understand what you mean by I get them. You understand what what they're coming from because I don't understand. No, no. It. yes, I understand they're coming. I don't understand it, but I know why they're doing it because they don't have those that that physique. Because they're jealous. They don't have that physique because they don't. They don't want anyone else judging them. Here we go again. This person right here is a Planet Fitness customer. Period. Why so, do they care? Honestly, why do you care what other people think? No, I, Just move on. No, that's what I said to start this all off. It's the discipline part. If, don't let your self-esteem be around your waistline. If you want to lose weight, do it. If you don't and you're happy, then don't do it. Be happy. That's the whole point of just be happy. Now, I can also give you uh, six to seven eating habits that will uncover or take away the fat from your belly without even lifting a weight. But I will do that on an upcoming, uh, upcoming podcast. If you reach out and get a hold, of, a hold of us and tell us that you want to hear it or disagree or agree with what we just talked about as far as fitness or any other subject matter, and you can do that at. Well, you can get in touch with us. Our website is a granddesignspodcast.com. Our email address is granddesignspodcast at Yahoo. Our Twitter handle is at granddesignspod. And you can get in touch with us on Instagram at Grand Designs Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, this is the Grand Designs Podcast. Who are you listening to?